Come on. The strong, the powerful Jennifer Harper has returned to Money Savage. Welcome back, Jennifer. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Excited to have you back on. Jennifer is a CFP. She is a CEPA. She is the founder and principal of Bridge Financial Planning. I'm excited to have you back on. Jennifer, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Thanks, George. Um, Well, I have been in this business now for 20 years, and after about 15 years of working on the brokerage and, and private wealth management side of things, I just uh, decided to go my own way and start Bridge Financial Planning to be a fee-only financial planning and investing firm and also to put the spotlight back on planning. Uh, At the end of the day, investments are only one piece of the puzzle, uh, but they get a lot of the attention because that's typically the only way a lot of brokers get paid. So at the end of the day, I think um, most people need a lot of planning work and they do need investments as part of the solution, uh, but the conversation is really much bigger than that. So that's what we try to focus on, and uh, where we try to help our clients. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. Um, investments do get and are talked about, uh, and 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 not enough talking about talking about the planning piece. And certainly, we're having this conversation on June the third, and. We were talking a little bit about how we're really not sure what's going on with COVID and and now there's the protests and certainly still a lot of uncertainty. And one of the ways that we, I guess, theoretically speaking, manage uncertainty better is is by having a solid plan. So as as you're talking to people, what's what's really top of mind for you right now? Yeah, um, well, you know. Before I answer the question on what's top of mind for my clients and business, I'll stop and step back for a second and say, you know, the United States has gone through a lot, many number of times. And I feel like, you know, maybe we're at one of those inflection points again, where we have to come to a a choice of how we're going to move forward. And there is quite a lot of uncertainty. But here's what I'm optimistic about is, you know, as it relates to the virus, um, we'll get through this. I don't know how long it'll take. I don't know how, you know, what the end result will be, but we will. We've just got to be smart about how we get through it. And then, you know, protests, I was just telling George before we went live that, um, you know, where we live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we live pretty close to downtown and can literally see the protests out our front door. And um, I certainly support the protests. Thankfully, here in Chattanooga, they've been overwhelmingly um, peaceful, which I'm thankful for. Um, But our, you know, our police chief actually made national news saying, you know, if you don't have a problem with what happened to George Floyd, turn in your badge. Um, so I, I think again, we're at an inflection point and, um, you know, we do make progress. Sometimes it feels like we make two steps forward, one step back, but we do make progress. So I think overwhelmingly there is a ton of uncertainty. We don't know how all this will play out over time, but I think it's important that everybody do what they can, um, 
you know, to, to keep us moving forward in a positive way. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. And that's, I mean, change is, change is inevitable. Change is inevitable and it happens in a lot of different ways. And a lot of the time I feel like the best way that, 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 that an individual take part of that. And a lot of the ways I think that the only way change happens is if individuals take part in it and, and you do the things that you need to be taking for yourself, doing for yourself and, 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 and your community. And if everybody did that, well, then I think we'd probably have a, a, a good result. So. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's, I think it's important that we stay informed, stay aware, do what we can. You know, I do think everybody has a personal responsibility to do the best they can. Um, in terms of what I am thinking business wise and what I'm talking with clients about, um, Thankfully, I would say the vast, vast majority of our clients have taken this all very much in stride. Um, you know, the questions that I've had are, you know, does this change anything about the plan? Is, is there anything we need to reconsider? Um, some questions have been, you know, do, do I have enough cash on hand for an emergency? Because this is impacting a lot of people's jobs. You know, I, one unintended concept. Well, I don't know that it's totally unintended, but I'm, I've been surprised over the last five years um, how many business owner clients that I've I've uh, been able to serve. And so we have business owners that have um, had to close their businesses related to COVID-19. Um, we have some that are starting to reopen now. We have uh, people that have laid off some of their staff. And I mean, this is a, I mean, it's, it's impacting a lot of people. So I think it's important that we, we take it very seriously from a planning perspective, but, um, most of our clients have, have been, uh, through 2008 before some of our younger clients haven't, but we've tried to do a, a good job on the education side to help prepare them for what they can expect when, when you do have a downturn. And I found that, you know, the more empowered the clients are to understand what to expect, then the less panic there is when something does happen. Because we didn't know that it was going to be COVID-19, but I can't think of anybody who's been in this business long that was surprised that we had a pullback. It was certainly going to be something, you know. <laughs> right. We, did, we didn't know it was going to be this. Um, but, but what I've tried to talk with clients about now is, you know, here are the things we can focus on right now. So cash flow is the foundation of everything else we do. You know, if, if you don't have positive cash flow, you can't have an emergency fund. If you don't have positive cash flow, you can't put money into retirement. You know, I mean, all of these things are a domino effect that start with getting cash flow under control. So, um, you know, we actually made a blog post and sent this out in our client newsletter last month where we said, you know, if you have extra cash flow, consider a boost to your emergency fund right now. Um, you know, I, I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't think personally, I don't think we're through all of the pain that is associated with the, you know, business decisions and hiring and, and, um, layoffs. And, you know, if, if, if you're concerned at all about your job, then now's the time to boost that emergency fund. Um, you know, I know there's been a big push to support local businesses and to support, you know, places like restaurants who've really, you know, taken a direct hit with um, all the cl- close downs. And so 
I don't know if anybody's heard about the happy money book. Um, but happy money is a book about our brain and how we think about financial decisions. And one of the things, um, in that book that really struck me was go out and buy a gift card for something that's a guilty pleasure. Like if it's a massage or a manicure, pedicure, or if it's a fancy night out at dinner, um, you know, go and buy that gift card ahead of time and then wait and then schedule that appointment or, or, or make that reservation at your favorite restaurant a few weeks out. And the funny thing happens in your brain the first thing is once you do go use that gift card, your brain actually tells you it's free, even though you've already paid for it, hmm. it's not free. Um, but the other thing is you get just as much enjoyment out of the anticipation of going and experiencing that fine dinner out as you do actually enjoying it. So you kind of get two for one out of, out of um, that delayed gratification of, of waiting around for something that you're really looking forward to. And that happens with vacations and travel too. And so, you know, I know we've bought some gift cards to some local businesses and restaurants that I know we have been, you know, directly impacted by this. And we're looking forward to using them again. Um, so if you do have a little extra money on hand and you can help those businesses out there that are struggling right now, that's a great way to do it. And, you know, you get that extra boost of anticipation of, of, um, how much fun it'll be to go do that when it's safe to do it. I think that's awesome. I, I've not been familiar. I've, I've not heard of the happy money book. Um, it seems like a book that, that I should be familiar with. So shame on me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check it out. And, I think that's that's such a real thing. As as you were talking about it, I realized, yeah, my wife and I are the same way. It's it's great to have something to look forward to, and what a great idea of of not only having something to look forward to, but also uh, you know, training our delayed gratification muscle as well, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, um, and that's a book by Elizabeth Dunn and Michael Norton. I heard Elizabeth Dunn speak at a. a industry conference, continuing education conference a few years ago. And it's very research based. She's, she, I believe it was from Harvard. Um, this is what she did her, her research thesis on. And it was fascinating. Um, and I, I really related to it as well. Um, I know, um, probably one of the things that my husband and I, uh, grapple with the most is, is trying to make vacation plans. And I, I, I always try to say like, let's get something on the books, you know, even if it's like six or eight months from now, like I want something out there that, you know, is, is drawing me, um, that I can kind of look forward to have that anticipation. Like it's, it's always fun to look forward to something like that. So I do think there is something to it. And, and I've, I've always enjoyed giving that book away sometimes too. So, um, the other thing is, you know, we're talking a lot with our clients about debt management. You know, rates are incredibly low right now. It may be a good time to review refinancing options. Uh, the rate's not the only thing to consider. So, for example, with home refinancing, for example, um, if you're not planning on staying in your home for a number of years, the cost associated with refinancing may offset any gains you would make in reducing your interest rate. So you really do have to look at it from a number of angles and make sure it's the right decision. It could be if you have the extra cash flow that you would actually be better off buying down your rate 
by making additional principal payments instead of refinancing, depending on what that time horizon looks like for you. Yeah, I think that that's um, excellent advice right there. And something that people don't really think a lot about, right? It's, it's kind of like the investing thing. People are so focused on investing, <clears throat> and oftentimes we're so focused on, on just interest rates that we don't look at the other really important variables. So, Yeah, yeah. And so this, these are the things, you know, we, we just did a plan delivery meeting with a, a new couple that came on board a couple months ago, and we've been, you know, having our onboarding meetings and, um, we just delivered their plan to them yesterday afternoon. And I always try to end with this, with the plan delivery meeting to say, you know, as you come across these decisions, if, you, if you're sitting at the dinner table talking about, hey, I wonder if we should refinance. Hey, I wonder if now's a good time to, you know, buy a new car with all these incentives out there. Like, that's why we're here. You know, pick up the phone, send an email. Um, these are the kinds of decisions that over time can make a difference. And, and let's run the numbers. That's why we're here. Um, you know, it's never a fun topic, but we're also talking with our clients about estate planning. We always encourage our, our clients to, to work with a qualified estate planning attorney. And I make that distinction because um, there are all sorts of specialties within the legal field. And somebody can be a very, very excellent litigator or a fantastic um, commercial real estate attorney, but there really are some nuances that are, are important for an estate planning attorney to take into consideration for an estate plan. So we have unfortunately seen the result of going to a family friend or using a business attorney for estate planning. And while the intent is good, if, if you're working with an attorney that doesn't specialize in focus on estate planning day in and day out, they can inadvertently do some things that you didn't intend. So we, we do always recommend that, but now's a great time, you know, just see, see how quick it would take you to put your hand on your healthcare directive right now. Hmm. Um, you know, does your doctor have a copy of it? I, it that's, it sounds like a horrible and, and pessimistic thing to talk about right now in the middle of, um, the pandemic, but, but it's reality. Um, you know, how quick would it, you know, does, you, does your spouse or does a family member, does a, does a, your physician know what your wishes are? Um, that's why that's there. So nobody has to second guess. You get, you get to have agency over your own decisions. How quick would it take yeah. you to put your hand on it? I think that's, wow, that's, that's a pretty, uh, a pretty, pretty powerful thing right there. And I think for a lot of people, they're sitting there thinking, well, I don't know what that is. Or they're thinking, oh, geez, that's somewhere I don't even, you know, I don't have it. I don't know where it is. And so I don't know where I'd be able to get my hands on it. And, and yeah, that's not doing anybody any good if it's if it's tucked away somewhere and nobody else knows that it exists. So that's exactly right. And and a lot of times when we talk about estate planning, people immediately jump to wills. Hmm. And yes, wills are definitely a cornerstone of a good estate plan, but a good estate plan is also going to have healthcare directives, a financial power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney may include trusts, may not include trusts. Um, you know, but, but for example, uh, the clients we just did the plan delivery for yesterday, they, um, actually own a home that one of their parents lives in, in another state. And, you know, they just bought the house for the, their parent to live in. 
And um, they said, well, we're not really sure if we need a, a whole lot of estate planning. We're not sure we need to go to an attorney yet. We don't have children. The only thing we really have is a house. And I said, well, hold on a second. You own this home in another state. Uh, if something were to happen, which is very unlikely, they're young and healthy, but if something were to happen, it would be much more expensive for your estate to go through probate in the other state as well as here, rather than, you know, spend an extra thousand dollars having a, a revocable trust made, title the property to the revocable trust, and then you're only probating in one state. So... You know, there's there can be some simple things that can be done, um, you know, and it is an investment now, but, you know, it's one of those things, a penny saved is a penny earned. And uh, uh, well, actually, that's the wrong uh, that's the wrong cliche to say. <laughs> the right one is, uh, you know, an ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure. Yeah. So, um, you know, a little bit of money spent on good estate planning now could save your, you know, executor and and cost to your estate a lot of money yeah and family hardship and time and frustration and and all that so exactly it's really it's really a gift you're giving to other people when mm -hmm. you do that work well and that's true of of all the planning that you've been talking about you know it's talked about how just important planning is from from the get-go and Probably right now, if if you haven't done good planning or any planning at all, then hopefully this is sort of a wake up call. What's been going on in the world with with specifically with COVID? It says, well, I do need to make an investment of really just time and attention and potentially some money with some of this stuff, but just to actually put pen to paper and figure out what's most important to you to be engaging with an advisor like Jennifer. And, just to make sure that the next time this happens, because we don't know what it's going to be, but it will be something that, that, that you'll right. be ready. So love it. Yeah. I think you just hit on probably the one that I'm most excited about. It's, um, you know, this, this is, I'm reading from our blog that we did last month, but have the last couple months made you reconsider any of your goals? Hmm. We've heard from a number of uh, our clients about how the last couple of months has made them think really differently about how they would spend their time and resources going forward. Um, we've got some clients that are wanting to be much more philanthropic and they're saying, oh, wow, this is really um, exposing a lot of cracks we knew that were in our community, but they're being exposed in a bigger and more clear way. Um, we want to we want to step up our giving so that we can have a bigger impact on the solution. Um, we've had other people say, man, you know, staying at home. I'm really looking forward to retirement now. Um, I want to I want to run the numbers and look at what it looks like if maybe we uh, speed up early retirement by a few years, or people that are considering career changes. Um, you know, there there are a lot of things that I think this worldwide pause over the last month or two has given us time to kind of reconsider where our priorities and values and where we want to spend our time. And really those are the things that inform all these other decisions. Like what, you know, what you determine there, you know, makes an impact on your cash flow decisions and your debt decisions and your estate planning and your retirement plans and insurance and tax work. Like you have to do that priority and values work first. 
um, because then you can get your money to work for you. Um, too many times I find people talking about money like, oh, well, my wallet says I can't go out to dinner, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. whoa, you just gave your wallet control over your life. <laughs> like that's not, that's the reverse of the way that's supposed to work. You know, you're, you're supposed to control your wallet. That's right. Um, so well, those are, you know, those are some of the things, those are some of the conversations we're having with clients right now. And those are the right ones. Well, Jennifer, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, um, I would say go back to the basics. Uh, go back to the basics, revisit all the foundations of, of what you've been doing, why you've been doing it. And then once you're on the right path, be comfortable being bored for a little while. You know, just the implementation piece, um, the day in, day out, working the plan is really where a lot of the cool stuff happens, but it's not where a lot of attention goes. So revisit basics and and just get comfortable working their plan. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Jennifer, thank you for for coming back on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? I would point you to our website at bridgefinancialplanning.com. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jennifer your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to bridgefinancialplanning.com. Check out all the great resources, read the blog, get in touch. I'll list that in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Jennifer. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out and go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.